0: Welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Our kids are safe, but they are not sound. They are not sound of mind. They are emotionally sound, socially sound. A big part of that is because we're focused so much on their safety. Too much focus on safety doesn't allow our kids to be sound. Our young people need way more you got this. And way less be carefuls. We're telling them constantly, be careful, be careful, be careful when they're going to school. Be careful when they're going to the party. Be careful when they're going to Denver. Be careful when they're going to the game. Be careful. No wonder they're walking through the world highly anxious. That's what can happen. They need way more. You got this. Think about the be careful thing. For example, you come over to my place for the first time. You say you need to use a restroom. I say there's one down in the basement. And you start heading down to the basement. And, you know, right before you start going down the stairs, I yell, and be careful. You, you get what? You would go down those stairs entirely differently. Why should I be careful? Why did he say be careful? You would go down those stairs into that basement, totally dysregulated, freaked out, scanning the environment for danger. You would not enjoy that tinkle. You'd be freaked out, just because I said, "Be careful." Now this doesn't mean that you don't warn your kids about certain dangers, of course. But we've done too much of it. It's over the top. And so we talk a lot about an anxious generation. Well, I think our "be carefuls" has a lot to do with it. And all these "be carefuls, a huge downside of it is. It doesn't allow young people to develop something known as self-efficacy. Self-efficacy is a belief in one's capabilities to organize and execute the courses of action required to manage prospective situations. That is Bandura. Albert Bandura. Self-efficacy. And here's the thing. Self-efficacy is more important than self-esteem. We've been so focused on uh, these young people's self-esteem, telling them they're amazing and they're special and they're they're unique and uh, wonderful and all these. And it sounds good. Like, yeah. But there's nothing behind it. I like telling young people they're special in the kind of way of you're special and everybody's special. But there's almost been the message of you're special and other people aren't. Or you're more special. And as they begin to go through life and get older, they begin to ask themselves, "Why am I great? Why am I special? Why am I amazing?" And they have a bit of an identity crisis because there's no behaviors that's backing it up. They don't believe in their own ability, their own capability, to use the the, the definition of Bandura to organize and execute the courses of action required to manage prospective situations because we're so freaked out about their safety and making sure that they don't experience any discomfort. So we are removing their ability to develop self-efficacy because we think it's dangerous. Therefore, they think it's dangerous. So because it's dangerous, you're not going to do it. Maybe we're not going to do it. But if it needs to be done, I'll do it. Our kids are scared. They're taking this emotional discomfort and thinking that it's real. That's called emotional reasoning. It's one of the distorted cognitions that many people have. I like to say, just because you feel doesn't mean it's real. Yeah, I googled that. I I I, I didn't see it anywhere. So here come the mugs and t-shirts. Just because you feel doesn't mean it's real. Can't wait to get a coffee mug with that on it. Sorry for the, for, the, for the cheesy quote. Hope you like it. Back to the self-efficacy thing. We are not allowing the young people to develop self-efficacy. And true self-esteem only comes from one's ability to feel like they have strong self-efficacy. And parents and other adults are jumping in with be carefuls. And then, when the child experiences some level of discomfort, we jump in and remove it. I think about going into adolescence and working this, uh, this metaphor, this analogy. I, I, those two things, I think, are different. I really should figure out how they're different. So this will either be an analogy or a metaphor. Who knows? Maybe it's both. So, uh, please let me know. Like Okay, so you're, like going into adolescence, it's sort of like, a zip line in Costa Rica, let's say. And so these kids are getting ready to go on the zip line known as adolescents. And their zip line guides are their parents. So imagine you're going, you're afraid of heights, you're in Costa Rica, foreign country. You get up on top of these trees, uh, rope net style, you get up there, and you're Zip lining person. Kyle, what would that person be called? A zip lining guide? Kyle's nodding. Yeah. So your zip lining guide, imagine this. He's freaked out. She's freaked out. She's shaking. She can't stop staring down at how high they are off the ground. They're saying things like, oh my god, oh my god, we are really high up here. This whole thing, this whole thing is just supported by trees. We are in the trees. <laughs> oh. And there's things like, are you sure you want to do this, sweetheart? Are you sure? Can I check your buckle again? Your harness? Let's check the harness again. Can, can we please? I, I need to, sweetheart. I need to check the harness. This, this is for me. This is this is for me. Mom, we checked it like five times. Let's check it, check it once more. Are you sure? Are you sure you want to zip line? This is our kid's experience of adolescence. We're up there freaking out. Are you sure you want to do this thing known as adolescence? We need to be up there with you got this. We need to be more like a real zip line guide who's saying things, you got this. Smiling, positive body language. Telling us it's okay to be nervous. Telling us that we are safe. That when we say, hey, can you chuck my buckle again? They say, hey, we double-checked it. You're good to go. That's so much more the energy our young people need, especially during this, this turbulent, uncertain, emotionally intense, developmental stage known as adolescence they need our calm remember calm is contagious that's what our kids need human beings co-regulate that's what we do we don't even need to say anything if i'm in a state of calm and you're not if i can stay in a state of calm you will come towards me and my calmness you will begin to regulate you will begin to slow your breathing that's what they need from us It's okay that they're freaking out. It's okay that they're scared, that they're uncertain, that they're embarrassed, that they're feeling insecure. That's human. That's adolescence. What do we get to share with them when they come to us in a state of dysregulation? We get to share our calm. holding. Are Youth Accountable? This is a topic that I will cover frequently, hopefully in helpful ways. To talk about it today, I'm going to share a story. When I was in graduate school, I was doing pretty good, getting good grades. I had been diagnosed with ADHD, but I was still doing well. And there was a big project in one of my classes, and I totally spaced it. I forgot it. Screwed up the the due date and didn't get it in. So I saw this as an opportunity to, uh, to explain to the professor that the reason I didn't get in the project was because of my ADHD, my attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And it's a social work program, so they'll understand, right? They have to be understanding. They'll smile and say, Oh, thank you so much for sharing this thing. You're so brave to share this with me. Of course, you can turn it in at a later date. So that was the plan. So I went up to Carol, who taught this class, and I said, Carol, I'm so sorry that I didn't turn in the project on time. And I kind of scanned around the room. And did that thing where, you know, making sure nobody's listening and said, I just want you to know that I've been diagnosed with ADHD. And it makes it very difficult for me to remember deadlines and follow through on particular projects. So I just wanted to let you know that, that the reason I didn't turn it in was because of my ADHD. And Carol stood there with a very kind half smile and waited for me to say all of this, nodded her head in a very understanding way. And when I stopped, she smiled and said, Nick, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I too have adult ADHD. So I've needed to create systems and routines that help me remember deadlines, stay on task, and complete. Projects that need to be completed. I recommend you do the same. It was wonderful. It was fantastic. The first time I was really going to lean in and use my ADHD, my diagnosis, my disorder as an excuse, as a crutch, as a justification for why I wasn't able to to meet the expectation. It was so wonderful how she how she met that. What she said. I'm so thankful for that moment, because after that, I didn't do it. I didn't try to use it as a justification, an excuse. It was such a game changer for me to see this very kind, understanding, incredible professor with way more responsibilities and duties than me, listen to what I said, validate my experience, and then say, yeah, and I'm going to hold you accountable just in the same way that I need to be held accountable. So that's the balance in parenting, is validating your your young person's experience, or if they have a diagnosis, validating the, the existence of a diagnosis, and still holding them accountable. Our young people need way more of a message, which is, even though you have difficulty with this, or even though you have this particular diagnosis, I believe in you, and I know that you can step up and meet this expectation. There is a sweet spot in between those two things. I can validate, listen, understand, and still hold you accountable. Just because I validate, understand what's going on and that somebody has a difficulty, say with ADHD, it doesn't mean that in every situation— that the appropriate thing for me to do is just remove the expectation. That might be an incredible disservice to them. So as a parent, really think about what do you need to do more of? Because some parents need to do more of the validating piece. We're not hearing our kids sometimes. We can just skip over their experience, their emotions, and just be like, I don't want to hear an excuse. It needs to be done End of story That's not helpful either We need to listen to our young people Now there's parents A group of parents Many parents Who need to hold their kids more accountable They do a good job of the validation Building an understanding of the difficulties And what they choose to do With that understanding Is not hold their kids accountable They think the best thing to do In that moment as a parent Is to take away the expectation, to take away the accountability. That is one of the main love languages that parents can provide: accountability, and not in a reactive way of trying to punish the youth, punish the student, and you know they need to learn a lesson. And so I'm going to let them. I'm going to punish them for that. No, no, we're talking about accountability. We're talking about them learning the skills needed to be successful in relationships, in their lives, to be independent at some point. Without this accountability, we don't learn those things. We begin to have a very passive relationship with ourselves, with others, with the world, with expectations, because so many people haven't held us accountable. I remember when I worked at a a residential facility Uh, Basically a group home in in, in Denver For uh, uh, teenage boys Many of them angry teenage boys And uh, my supervisor The big boss lady, Norma She would say These kids will meet your expectations Whether they're high Or low Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website perspectiveforparents.com. Spelled out, that's perspective, the number 4, parents.com. Thanks again.